0: All right, so welcome to another episode of uh the newly titled Dan o and d. I think what I saw on Instagram and stuff it is officially i know for me because it was the day after the NBA shutdown it is officially day fifty of quarantine for pretty much america day. so we are we are grinding through it um I'm feeling good about May <laughs> let's do it. I hope, uh, I don't know, out in Colorado, I don't know what you've had, but we literally have had rain for 16 of 18 days. It's the worst. Um, but yeah, in the 80s today, keeps you inside. So you get to uh, come across some gems on streaming services. And I think we mentioned it at the very end of our last pod that a little show called Outer Banks premiered on Netflix.
1: You can't call it little anymore. It's,
0: it's, no, it's it seems to be really taken off. Um, but I think it's I think it's cool because I remember uh, Stranger Things came out, and I I think it was my my older brother was just like, Hey, this is a cool show on Netflix. You know, they didn't even do any advertising, whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, it's one of the biggest shows. They brought be on season four. Our buddy Bubba, who knows that I'm a fan of the teenage dramas and the <laughs> the the love triangles and all that. He just randomly texted me. He said, Hey man, have you checked out Outer Banks? I haven't even watched it, but I just saw the preview and it's right up your alley. <laughs> so because I have nothing going on, I watched it like 30 minutes later and I literally texted him the next day and I said, thank you so much <laughs> for informing me <laughs> about the show. And you couldn't be more right that it's right up my alley. And <laughs> Ten episodes later the rest is history.
1: I didn't know that. The I heard about it was from you when you texted me, like, hey, check out the Outer Banks trailer. Yeah, no,
0: it was right after it was, that was I think that was the night that Bubba texted me. And like literally he hadn't even watched it. He just said, like, hey man, I just saw this trailer, like you would like it. <laughs> so um Thank you, Bubba. Yeah. So all right, so this so this podcast is gonna be kind of a breakdown of our initial thoughts and like the beginning of Outer Banks. Obviously Netflix drops everything at once and we're not going to do like a episode by episode breakdown because you know, a lot of people have probably seen all of it. Uh, There's 10 full episodes. I think they're about like 50 minutes, you know, it's a normal like drama show, but I remember, so I turned it on and you know, it's a a bunch of surf bros and you know, one hot chick and they're just hanging out. Uh, Looks like in a, an abandoned house or something. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's let's go. This is what, this is what I'm here for. Um, and the dream. Line, yeah. And then summer. honestly though, like it ends up getting better and it ends up like not mattering as much, but like five minutes in, I was like, man, this acting is, is tough to follow. <laughs> and, um, kinda, you know, it just, it seemed kind of like even more like childish than like the OC, even which we we've already talked about. That was there was some pretty bad acting in that. Um But, but that, it just grows. It just grows on you, and like.
1: Yeah, I think it's similar to the OC that like they got better as they found their groove.
0: Yeah, really? you know we talked about how
1: Ryan like overacted. Yeah. Um Towards the end of the season, it's just the side characters that still have issues.
0: Yeah. No, but the. So I guess we could start with that. Yeah. There's so there's there's four main characters. Oh. Um, and they are called the Pogues. Um, I did a little research. Apparently, Pogues is short for Pogie, which is a cheap, silver,
1: bed-hanging fish. I mean, they said on the show that it's a cheap fish. You got to research that? And uh, Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, I saw that
0: they just caught those fish. I didn't say that's what it was. My bad. No, he said, as he's introducing the
1: feathers, he, like, explained that it's... The- like I said, it was hard to listen sometimes.
0: And they are living on the Outer Banks, which, if you're listening and you're not from the East Coast, is in North Carolina. It is a, like, beautiful beach town, um, beautiful area. I know with the times that I've went there, you're just, like, passing, like mansion after mansion which they kind of they kind of get into
1: um yeah for me I, I there were family vacations to like with like my aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff yeah we a nice house on the beach
0: yeah no I mean like I know I went, I went to like duck and I think that's the main one I went to is duck and like I mean I haven't always stayed in the six houses but like every road there's just like full blown like houses of thirty and stuff which they they kind of get to um but these kids are the locals, these kids are the uh the ones that work for that summer money, like i said like you said they are they are the pogues they make it known right away they are the pogues um quick note they run away from that um security guard in the very beginning, you know they're drinking some p b r s they don't seem to be of age. And uh, they're messing with him. It did bring me back to a good memory when I got kicked out of beach week and I got handcuffed by a security guard <laughs> at a uh, at a at a private home in um, Myrtle Beach. But oh, my nothing happened. I I wasn't doing anything wrong. He I guess he thought I was. I don't know what I don't know what the problem was. I'm not sure why I was the only one who got handcuffed. Only time in life I got handcuffed. He let me go. But uh, it reminded me of that. You know, like the the neighborhood security guard just uh, taking things a little too seriously. But –
1: Well, JJ, that sort of initiative is begging to be punished when they're, like, torturing him. I like that line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, JJ. So, yeah, let's go into it. Where did you stay that night at Beach Week?
0: Uh, Right down the street from your house. I I didn't stay at your house. A lot of us did. I think Clem and Nacho did. I stayed at another friend's house. Yeah, so I – we got kicked out of one house, had to drive about 30 minutes to the other side of Myrtle. Found a place the next day, but yeah, Dano was, Dano and his buddies were very accommodating, uh, gave us a place to crash until we figured out where to go. So the the main character is uh, a young man. It's, it's kind of hard at first to tell how old he is. Um, and he's he's actually doing a voiceover. He's a narrator, which sometimes is bad, but I think in this show it actually kind of works. Um, cool. um, and he first introduces his best friend, JJ, who is, I guess, the definition of a poke. He's, you know, works on the water, surfer, you know, th- this is his life. Uh surfer, a klepto,
1: and a future tax chief.
0: Yeah, a yeah, <laughs> future tax cheat was good. And then um, they have their friend Pope.
1: Who's supposedly the smart one, but... Yeah. I have some questions about that.
0: And I also want to say that I I disagree with name and character Pope when they're called Pogues because I never knew who they were. Like I don't know if they were ca- saying Pogues or Pope like numerous times and it messed me up for a while. But I mean I I worked it out. But just, <laughs> just just in general that kind of annoyed me. You um, other then um Then the key Key. What What is her full name? Uh, I think Kiara. Kiara. Yeah. So she is. So she is a rich girl. Who? So maybe. Decides to hang out with Pogues. Um. I guess they make they make reference that she's environmentalist. She's, all that, and she doesn't seem like she's into the rich kid lifestyle. It's but good. so she she decides to hang out with these. These, surfer dudes um and then the main character introduces himself his name is John B um he does mention that they all have a crush on Key which makes sense um can't blame him and he he is a i guess it turns out 16 year old who 27 yeah yeah 16 in the show he lost his father in a shipwreck or his his father vanished at sea, and that is kind of like what the hell okay um on skip Town Colorado yeah his, yeah his mom's living with Dano <laughs> um but so the the beginning of the show it's like all right, this is this fun high school drama like you know i'm I'm expecting the o c like partying and stuff they were drinking I'm sure you know oh what are these crazy kids gonna get into but they go out on the, I guess, the uh, the marsh, hit a sandbar, find a sunken boat, um, and it kind of turns, and you're like, whoa, what, what's the show all about? They drive away, and you see a dead body, and it's so,
1: insolence. yeah, so
0: honestly, it was like, oh, this is a very different show than what I thought it was, but I didn't necessarily think in a bad way, but, you know. Now, all of a sudden, there's, there's dead people. What's going on here? They, when they found the, the wrecked boat, which I guess is a nice boat, what's it called? A Grady? Or I can't remember the name of it. Grady White? Yeah. And um, they find a, a hotel room key. They want to turn it in, but whatever. So, they end up just going to this hotel room, and after some snooping around, they find a ton of money, and a gun. So then it's like, all right, there was a dead body, and now all of a sudden it's some sort of mystery. Who is this person? Why is there money and guns? So really, like, within, like, five minutes, the the whole show is flipped over to a different genre, really. But still, still keeping true to its teenager relationship stuff, which, once again, I
1: love. I don't know if you noticed, but in that motel scene... JJ, one of the things he steals, along with the gun and money, is a uh, used deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like kind of like, weird, but
0: like we said, JJ's pogue life. He needs. He needs what he needs. Um.
1: So what was your I, scene of that What's that? What was your favorite scene of this whole episode? If you had to pick just one. Um, the kegger that at the boneyard i mean like
0: so the so these 16 year old kids find a gun they f- they find uh they find money they're running from the cops and they figure the only way to get over it is to throw a kegger um john b explains to us a new group so we got the pogues which we've explained then we got the kooks and the kooks are the you know, the rich kids, which he he announces the uh, second homers, like these are all the kids who come down for the summer, probably in prep school. Um, and then also just the tourists. So like, you know, kids go down with their family like we just talked about and they're like, oh, there's a kegger going on. Let's go to this party. So then we meet, we meet um, Sarah Cameron, who is the queen of the kooks. I guess she used to be really good friends with Key and now she, her and Key hate each other. Um, I guess, you know, she's just a rich girl, pretty girl, that's what they make come off as. Um, They obviously don't like the kooks, but, you know, they let them hang out, whatever. Um, Fight starts between really JJ and Sarah's boyfriend, Topper. All right, so Topper, if anyone has missed has listened to an OC podcast of ours is like literally copied from Luke from the OC. I mean, perfect. Description. Just, like, I mean the looks, the act, everything. Um, he gets mad. He pushes a beer. All, all of a sudden there's a big fight. And um, John B. Once again is, is fighting with Topper. Topper ends up winning, which Again, I have a problem with the, <laughs> the, the the rich guy beating beating the tough guy, but it, it keeps happening. I guess, he and he it. ends up he's like drowning him. It looks like he, he's possibly going to kill him. Um, and we mentioned that they found a gun earlier. JJ decides that in a, in a party with like hundreds of people, that it's a good idea to put a gun to Toppers' head to stop the fight. I feel like he probably could have tackled him. Um, <laughs> I don't think a pistol is necessary. And he starts shooting the gun off in the air, um, things get crazy, party ends. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite scene. It's a long-winded way to say that's my favorite scene.
1: One thing I kind of about is you'll notice that, and this might just be, you know, bias towards the Pogues and, you know, love of the Pogues, but they let fights happen one-on-one, whereas the koops are always fighting, like, three-on-one, four-on-two
0: oh yeah yeah and we'll get in there's actually a couple episodes in. there's i have a big problem with that but that might be right that might be right
1: although kind of bringing in the gun might yeah yeah that was that was tough so then we move on well then my favorite scene the scuba diving scene oh yeah which i mean as a person who's scuba certified and gone a few times I had a few issues with this.
0: <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't factually accurate <laughs> uh,
1: John D's air gauge that was just like an actual countdown to zero yeah, <laughs> yeah it looked like a stopwatch <laughs> which was uh, that was pretty uh, dramatic and then also just Pope doing the calculations figuring out how long he needed to stop for just in his head with no Google no dive table, no anything was uh, was pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't catch all that stuff, but I I definitely understand that that wouldn't have made much sense. Um, yeah. So they're scuba diving back at this boat that they found, um, because they obviously after going to the hotel room, they think something important is here. John B goes scuba diving. The cops show up, telling the marshes closed. They got to get out of here. Luckily, John B doesn't get caught uh, and he finds a bag, and we don't know what's in it, but seems like something good they're all excited um, and then all of a sudden, they drive away in the marsh, and two like mobsters would you call them? I don't even know that's
1: to the core
0: like they first of all, they start following him, which is like, all right, whatever. They have not seen what these kids were doing or anything. I guess they know exactly where the boat is. But then all of a sudden, these guys are shooting at them in the middle of the marsh in the Outer Banks. I was just like, what the – you know, like, seemed like a rash move. Like, maybe catch up with them and figure <laughs> figure out if they knew anything or if they even had anything. It didn't show that they saw the kids get something.
1: Um, yeah, one I wonder if that the lack of just gun – Safety in the show is completely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, these two
1: guys were were like nuts.
0: Um, did, did we figure out? Are they like treasure hunters? Is that just what they're, or they work for somebody?
1: Yeah, it's. they never really explain it. Right? Yeah, the impression that they're just working for someone, trying to find this treasure.
0: Yeah. That's, so that's then absolutely. they end up. All they found was a little compass that's all that was in the bag the other kids are pissed off like they thought it was going to be money or whatever but it turns out it is from john b's father john so john b gets all emotional and everything everything switches and we have a full-blown i guess i would say like treasure hunt on our hands and that's how episode one ends episode two John B. is returning the oxygen tanks, which we didn't mention he took from Sarah's father, who he works for. And she sees him. She promises she's not going to say anything. She actually doesn't say anything. Unfortunately, his little sister, or her little sister also hears and decides to say something to our good friend Topper, who just got in a big fight with John B. Um, So... Down the line, Topper tells Sarah's father, and Sarah's father decides to fire John B. So obviously a big deal. Obviously he's very upset with Sarah.
1: He thought he could trust her. Um, yeah, he's, all around this is a very rough episode for John B. And it's, yeah, it's all it seemed to all happen sort of on the same day. And we'll maybe get into a little more of the details later, but yeah, pretty much starting off getting fired. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: and then he tells Sarah that she is who he thought she was. In honor of Dennis Green, they are who they thought they were. Knocks the chips out of her hands. I'm not having it. Um, yeah, and just a terrible day. Like you said, next thing you know, he's running. And am I missing stuff? Fix. Bring um, th- stuff in. I didn't write that much
1: stuff down for number two. Okay, so before this team gets fired, this happens while he's out on bail because they've gotten arrested for uh, assault of the lighthouse guy. Oh shoot, I forgot the lighthouse point. in. cool. Well, you know, so
0: there's some some words scratched into the back of the compass, and. All of a sudden, he thinks it's a clue. He thinks his dad's talking to him. He's got to figure out where to go. Um, There's a a lighthouse that he goes to. There's some kind of crazy dude who knows everything about the shipwreck that John B.'s
1: dad was obsessed with. Um, And He's one of those side characters specifically I was thinking about that could use some acting work. Yeah, yeah. And then um, he sees the compass and freaks out. So
0: immediately it's like this compass is trouble
1: because right. um, yeah. they had they had uh, also broken it or not broken in but gone into john b's office for the first time in nine months or not his office his dad's his dad's yeah he realized it was a death compass cool you yeah
0: know. oh yeah everybody that had the compass was dying um yes yeah, so john b like you said he's out on bail and uh Just things are not good. He goes run, he runs away, and our two mafioso friends or whatever it is find him on the street in their pickup truck.
1: Yeah, so he's out on bail, just gotten fired, and just (laughs) on the street, and the thugs happen to to roll up on him. And as we said, not a great day. So our friends can be
0: and uh there's tons of people out in the streets everybody's cleaning up from the hurricane they had and one of the guys just gets out wielding a gun and chases after a 16 year old and nobody else seems to seems to find that there's a problem with this that part cracked me up there's like ladies That's ladies so- like shoveling and like You know, people pushing the leaves out and getting branches. (laughs) There's just this this gangster sprinting after a freaking
1: teenager with a gun in his hand. Someone must have made a call because Peterkin was on the spot. Oh, yeah, that's true. She didn't. Once John B gets electrocuted, she was was there to save the day. Yeah, he gets electrocuted, um,
0: police officer. And she's got something shady going on because she knows exactly what
1: the deal is. She was um, probably the hardest part to judge on this whole show. Yeah, if, if she was good or bad, like, um, and also you know also an what? Also,
0: could use some acting work. She was uh, she was one of the moms in True Blood, and she was like really good. good? So, so bite your tongue. <laughs> you know? She she plays that that over overbearing overreacting, react reactionary person. Um, no, so then she ends up talking John B into
1: giving her the compass. Uh, not in, uh, yeah, no, this is when, right after he gets electrified. Yeah. yeah. So, cause he just kind of realizes like
0: something's wrong here. This is more than I can handle. Um, but she's been helping him. She's been keeping him out of, um, protective services and stuff. So I guess he trusts her. Um,
1: she just lets him out and he is now on his own. So does, does she then drop his charges or is he still on bail for the rest of the season? I just never that's it again. I don't believe we hear about the lighthouse again. <laughs> okay. So we'll just assume she dropped the charges.
0: Yeah. So he goes home, he's all upset. He cleans his house. He finally, you know, it looked like a frat house, makes a big bonfire throws in this kind of family heirloom-looking picture. And at the last second, he pulls it out. He realizes, you know, he doesn't want to lose part of his family's
1: dad. And there's the name of his grandma. He sees her middle initial and then pulls it out. So then they decide to break into a graveyard. Is that correct? Yeah, because he realizes Redfield was her main name. So they go to her grave. Ah. Uh,
0: yeah. So now we're like full blown treasure hunt and you know, this, there's still, like I said, they, they still keep the teen drama parts. Um, you know, JJ tells him to kiss key every once in a while. And like, there's, there's still a lot of that going on, but it it definitely turns a lot into a mystery, like action. I'll just say from the get go, if I was in that graveyard, and that snake came out, I would no longer be in that graveyard. Did Jake call it old cotton mouth? Dude, no thank you. I don't I do not do snakes. That thing, even when I was watching it, that, I just, like, jumped out of my seat. That thing
1: creeped me out. Dude, the best part of that episode was J.J. barking at it. <laughs> yeah, he said snakes are afraid of dogs. Uh, uh, yeah, everyone knows that. And then Hope <laughs> just like, dude, stop barking Yeah. So then
0: they end up, you know, they go into her. What do they call those things? Tombstone Mo- Great. No, but when you can actually go inside of like mausoleums Mo- or something, I just make I'm just making myself sound dumb. It was actually just on the Vanderpump Rules episode on Tuesday, so I should know it. Um, mm-hmm. they go in they and
1: they find a. Mm, this is where the episode ends. Key goes in. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Something, and it's a classic cliffhanger that is iconic throughout this whole show,
0: which isn't really needed if you're going to be on Netflix because you can just go to the next one. <laughs> they shortened it to like
1: three seconds like, to start, yeah. Episode, and yeah, like, immediately you see what she found. So she finds a an envelope,
0: like a FedEx envelope, marked for John B's dad.
1: Um, right? Oh, it's to him. I think it's. Yeah, it's he's oh, right. okay. John Big John's McMahon for John D. And then so
0: then, you know, they start feeling like they're on the right track. And then they head home. It is a video recorder. Tape recorder. What, tape recorder, sorry. Tape recorder of what he needs to do to find the shipwreck that his dad has dedicated his life to um it's a pretty emotional scene his dad says how much he loves him even if he doesn't show it you know john b hits it in the heart you got some crying going Key tries to help him jj and pope are not very uh sensitive to the situation they just want to talk about where the money is and um what's the name of the, the boat the merchant royal merchant the royal merchant yeah yeah. So, and we find out that there's supposed to be like 400 million dollars worth of gold on this boat.
1: Yeah. Um and the best scene of this episode is them, the Pogues talking about what they would each do with 100 million.
0: I did write that down. I love that scene. What? What? What did you like about that scene?
1: Uh, just how perfect and their answers were. Like Pope would pay for college in advance and textbooks
0: <laughs> with
1: 100 million dollars. <laughs> Like, all right, hope we can do with other ninety nine million five hundred thousand and whatever change. Uh, like, he would just oh and some someone's like, Yeah, what does a socialist do when she's rich? And she just wants to put out a double album about Outer Banks.
0: Yeah, which apparently now she's a musician, we didn't you know that.
1: Uh and, and, uh and JJ wants to get a big ass house on figure eight and go full kook. <laughs>
0: I did like that when they just decided well, they'll just give up this pogue life and become kooks once they get the money. Yeah, so... Yeah, figure eight is the area the kooks live. The cut, we haven't mentioned, the cut is where the pogues live. Yeah, so they're all, they're ready to to get this treasure. They they are pretty sure they can find this boat after all the stuff they've gotten from his dad. Um, they go... To the hotel that JJ works at to get on the internet. It Seems like he, I think wife. yeah, I didn't catch what. Yeah, because he said like he said I need my badge, and he seemed to know he knew the kitchen workers. I think he was a busboy there. Mm-hmm. So they go in, they find the coordinates. Um, to find the Royal Merchant. So they are like all set. You know, they think they're gonna do this. They find out it's too deep. They need a drone, right? Yeah. And they go to steal one, of course, because that's what the Pogues do at J.J.'s dad's old place of business. Uh, almost get away with it. J.J. gives a sob story about his dad's going to beat him if he doesn't get his saw back or whatever. So he get, And then John B. actually goes around the security guard and gets the drone, right? Yeah, he gets
1: the drone. They get caught, I feel like, because Key decided to start deflating that second... The other tire? Bobby pin. Yeah. Is that possible to deflate a tire with a Bobby pin? And also, like, he was so far away from where they were, like, they had enough time to finish up. But that, certainly, I've certainly really- never tried to deflate a tire
0: with a Bobby pin, so I can't tell you yes or no, <laughs> but... um
1: i never been in a situation where that... Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, um, yeah, that just like, I mean, immediately tipped them off to something sketchy going on. Yeah. start running, of so maybe like a walk and...
0: Then, so my favorite part of the episode, and forgive me, I believe this is episode three, yeah. is when they go to work for Pope's dad who I guess runs a grocery store, and they deliver groceries with via boat to places, especially after this hurricane. And they are delivering a boat, or groceries, to a golf course. Hope <laughs> is walking through, and we see that Topper, and I don't think we mentioned him yet, um, Sarah's brother Rafe. What a name, Rafe who is, like, the definition of a kook. Look back, blonde hair. Um, Buttoned-up shirt playing golf in the summer in North Carolina, which I thought was interesting. That's um, they notice that it's him. They, you know, obviously, the night before, JJ put a gun to Topper's head, so Ray's not happy with it. They ask him for a beer. They end up jumping, and they're hitting him with the golf clubs. Um, again,
1: this is the two spike, so it's two on one instead of,
0: yep. Yeah. And this is also right after Rafe hits his tee shot onto another hole's tee box. The old men yell at him, and he gets pissed off and, <laughs> like, says, so like, like, F off, you know, you gotta, like, you know, you played golf in high school, I worked at a country club for many years. Um, The golf etiquette that Rafe and Topper are showing is they would – the marshal would have taken them off the course. (laughs) That's all I know. (laughs) That would not have worked, especially when they're 16-year-olds. So they beat up Pope. He gets back. J.J. realizes it. JJ's pissed. They decide to get back at Topper. Even though Rafe was really the problem. I don't know why they didn't try to get to Rafe and they sink his, like, sick, like, speedboat. I I don't
1: know what you'd call it. It was, like, 200, 250,000, something like that. Yeah,
0: some, I mean, he had some awesome boat, and Pope dives in, un- unscrews it or whatever, and sinks the boat to get him back, which Pope has been the good kid this whole time, so that was kind of, like, unexpected, think- but, but J.J., you know... Talked him into it. All right, so that was pretty quick. You know, a lot a lot happened pretty fast. Kooks um, beat up Pope. Um, Pope sunk the boat. Um, we find out that Sarah has this awful brother, Rafe, who we will see more of. Um, we see that he goes to buy drugs from a real wholesome character <laughs> by the name of – is it Bobby? Hey. Perry. Perry? Um, yeah, he's he's he seems to be on more on the poke side, but obviously he's he's uh, pushing
1: stuff and he doesn't care who's who. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed about when Rafe goes to buy that cocaine. I'm not sure if we've been introduced to him yet, but we see JJ's dad is leaving just as Rafe sh- is showing up. So yeah, need- so
0: I it- don't know if we would met him yet, but he definitely – we did hear that, you know, jj's you know a pogue for life and an alcoholic and or a, many, a line of many alcoholics and all that stuff um yeah and we'll meet his dad a little more soon Dad's a tough character um all right what what else from this episode did
1: you want to mention uh just yes yeah, so once they buy once Ray buys the cocaine we have that big coop party where topper jumps off the roof with sarah who oh, yeah Resisting it, but somehow ended up rolling it. <laughs> yeah, ends up played the V because of it, which is kind of weird. But Wait, she, did did she give it up? No, well, she she changed her mind at the last second. Yeah, that is important. That is something important to note that she she uh, yeah, and then stops Topper yeah, right before things get serious. Faith just dishing out cocaine to everyone and charging them like half price. <laughs> yeah.
0: Topper, Topper ends up doing some cocaine, which
1: calls Topper the Shred God is apparently yeah. Topper, and says Topper was seventh in nationals in a bodybuilding competition. Is that what he said? Bodybuilding? Well, I assume that's what he was talking about. No, I thought he was talking about surfing. Oh, is that what it was? I, I just because he had just called him Shred God, I yeah I, I bodybuilding. Well,
0: show. you know, like you know, you're a skier shredding the gnar, dude. We, we'll double check that. I, I thought it was skiing, but. that would be hard to believe if it was bodybuilding for sure (laughs) yeah so then all of a sudden topper just starts ripping lines of as Rafe calls it yayo and (laughs) the the really kind of really seeing how the coops get down
1: yeah they kind of highlight how much of shitheads they are and then it goes to the pogues showing up to key's dad's restaurant and this was this is really like an iconic like team drama uh, like montage scene. <laughs> but it's, they they beer and French fries. Yeah, and, uh, JJ says you'd kill for a beer and shrimp and grits right now, and they end up getting free food, and then it's just like like a montage of them dancing and drinking. Yeah, uh, and just you know like. They're all happy. Everything seems great. Uh, and it's just it's just a great scene. And then we also get kind of a first hint of Pope being jealous of John beating his relationship. And you really see that Pope has a crush on Key. Yeah.
0: Because it, No, it's weird. In the first three episodes, you don't know if Key likes any of the guys. Um, it seems like they all like her, like we said, but it's it's kind of hard to Pick up on who she's into. Yeah, so um, she's
1: like pretty stable emotionally, like able buddy, to.
0: Anyone who's watched the teen drama before, if there's jealousy, there is trouble brewing. So, yeah. the fact that they're highlighting Pope like that is a big deal.
1: Yeah, that'll come. Up.
0: Okay. Right. When does when does John B run into Sarah again?
1: Oh yeah, so then uh, yeah, the other highlights of this episode are like important things where the fishermen finds find the dead thug's body by Peterkin, and then Sarah shows up to, I, I guess, the Chateau or wherever Johnny was and uh, clears her name about not telling Ward and gives him his own bag of Skinny Pop. And we see another potential relationship brewing.
0: Yeah, so, so those two mafia guys are found dead in a fisherman's boat. We have no idea who did it, I mean, those guys are the most random characters.
1: I think the most they, they
0: they say, like, three things. They're in, like, button-up, almost like cowboy shirts in the middle of North Carolina on boats, firing at teenagers, like, and all of a sudden they're dead. And, yeah, I mean, the second I saw Sarah, I knew her and John B. would end up together. That's just – it's just a – it's a cross I bear. Um, it's not, not, it's not something I'm proud of, you know, it can mess up shows for me, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean 20 years of watching, watching this stuff. Um, you know, when the director keys in on a face, keys in on a, there's a, a little twitch in the music, you know, so, you know, it's coming. Um, that, that little part got me pumped because that meant a more problems with John B and freaking Topper. And then also just the fact that you know Sarah was gonna be real. And I was I was <laughs> that, that meant a lot to me.
1: <laughs> and how does this episode end? Uh so then they uh they've stolen the, the drone from that dude. Yeah, With deflated tires. Um and they take that out to see uh and they end up finding the the royal merchant out there,
0: yeah, so they've they've
1: found this boat
0: that's supposed to have four hundred million dollars on it, yeah, that john b's dad's been looking for for his whole life,
1: yeah, and of course, the storm comes as they're like out at sea, like yeah, it seemed like a pretty tough month in the the
0: outer banks <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of hurricanes, a lot of
1: yeah. Not a real tough weather for anybody out there on the boats. Fishermen must have been struggling. The crazy lighthouse guy had mentioned earlier that the lighthouse was one big storm away from being wiped out and he would go with it. So I'm guessing he's no longer with us then. You we'll say all right to lighthouse guy. Yeah.
0: No, I just watched the perfect storm on like TNT the other day. It made me think of the outer banks. I'm like, these guys are nuts. George Clooney just wants to go right through it. Like turn around, bud. <laughs> um Or any any like overall thoughts about the show or
1: what you want to say? I would say if you're not following any of the cast on social media, I highly recommend that. (laughs) It seems like they've all become like legit best friends, and like the chemistry is like actually natural, and they're like all really embracing it. And it's it's
0: yeah. Did you see? um, There was a clip from the Chicks in the Office where uh, during the time that they were. Trying to get on the show. Pope was a salesman at 5th Avenue, and JJ was a dishwasher at the Cheesecake Factory. Really,
1: they're both in New York.
0: I would guess. I I didn't. I didn't really. I haven't listened to the full thing. It was just one of the. It was an IG story on Chicks in the Office, Uh, and they ended up. They practiced their lines together. They didn't even know each other, but they were like, "Hey, can you help me out?" That's crazy. They're basically just like, "F it. What do we have to lose?" And
1: uh. Now heard, they're killing it. Did you he, I heard did you he hear the listen to the first episode with John B and Sarah? No, just the just the highlights. Oh uh, yeah. So apparently John B like turned down even auditioning for the role because he thought it was just a Doomies remake. <laughs> like a couple of weeks later they offered him or asked him to read for Topper. And he was like desperate for money. So he's like, Whatever, I'll I'll try it out. And oh my gosh. Ended up as John B.
0: Also, with the characters we met, why does he have to be John B?
1: Why Why not just John? Oh, fuck that. You're on this side? I just don't get it. Because his dad is also John. Okay. Alright. I didn't, yeah. I just like... Booker would be a core nickname than John B. But John B. flows so well. <laughs> I just, it just confuses me. Like every time his friends say it. Also, from now on, I'm calling like Stephen A. Smith. I'm just calling him Stephen A. John, <laughs> I'm calling him John F. <laughs> it's all that matters. The initial
0: trend. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm just like, why, why is this happening? Um, no, but I mean, like, like we said earlier, it's just awesome when like this show just comes out of nowhere, especially in the middle of quarantine. And like gives you something to care about, and then when you see that, you know people from Twitter and Instagram are picking up on it, and like it's kind of blowing up. I think it was, it was like number two or three on Netflix for like the last week. Yeah, it got it hit one. Yeah, and I know that that's why we wanted to talk about it, you know, because it's just like it's just a fun show. Like it's, it's not gonna win, it's not gonna win an Emmy. I, I don't I don't think at least. Um, won't win any Golden Globes, but they might get invited. They might they'll get invited to the, like the Teen Choice Awards.
1: I'm guessing. Um, As we get season two, that's all that matters. Yeah, I don't see how they they wouldn't. Um, Netflix is waiting for you to announce it. I, I mean, I guess it's a hard time. to agree. yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, we won't no spoilers,
0: but it's definitely set up for a, another run. So,
1: that's um, our plan. We're gonna do a full breakdown of the goat episode of the season episode 4 yes so
0: very soon hopefully tomorrow or friday or tomorrow is friday i'm forgetting the days okay. um we'll do we'll do episode 4 on its own and then we'll do the rest of the season kind of the same way we just did um if you haven't watched it just watch it if it starts stupid i'm telling you it does start stupid but relax a little bit Stop being so serious. It's not breaking bad, but it's fun and it's enjoyable. And um, I die for John B. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. We got the challenge episode four. Is it four or five? I think we
1: might be on five now.
0: Yes, yeah, so we got that coming up very shortly. So be on the lookout for that. Um, Dano and D pod on Anchor and on Twitter. And we'll get that out. All right. I will talk to you soon, brother. Pogues for life. Pogue life.